Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your Legacy Newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Meat. What's up, Jerry? Oh, not much, Pat. I'm full of turkey. Full of turkey? Full of turkey. I'm not a big turkey guy, man. I don't really like turkey for Thanksgiving. Uh, I will say of the proteins, it is not my first choice. Yeah, uh, it's not even no. in my top five. We do. My family does prime rib for Christmas, and I gotta say, prime rib beats turkey hands down. Every yeah. Time. So I made I made uh, this this year because uh, we did like dinner at my mom's on Friday with m- myself and all like my extended like my brothers and stuff, my immediate family. So Thursday we were kind of left to our own devices. So that's what I made. I made a prime rib for me and the kids and the wife, and uh, as, it was excellent. As always, my uh, my invite came late. I see. <laughs> <laughs> we I got a, like a five. I, I actually thought I was getting a bone in prime rib, but they gave me a boneless one. So I had a five-pound boneless prime rib for two adults and two kids. So uh, I had like prime rib for like lunch and dinner for like the next four, three, two days. It was great. So you had second Thanksgiving, is what you're saying? I had second and third Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, it was it was a good time. I hope I hope uh, I hope today you know finds all of our listeners in uh, in good spirits and uh, excited for the uh, the holiday season coming up. And I hope everyone got a chance to enjoy a, a nice Thanksgiving with the fam. If you are stateside, if not, then uh, sorry, you're not in the best country in the world. Um, I- I mean, I think other. <laughs> wow, all right. I think I think other uh, countries should start celebrating Thanksgiving too. I yeah, mean, come on, yeah, who I doesn't mean, like just eating a bunch of food and hanging around all day? Definitely celebrate. Like you should definitely celebrate that uh, for America for sure. You should be thankful. <laughs> be thankful for that we're around for sure. Oh my god. Yep. All right. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. All right. Well, we we are doing the uh, Christmas charity drive. Um, I know I've been slacking a little bit on getting the play mats up on the Facebook page. I'm gonna try to do that tonight. As well as uh, splitting up the uh, the Leaving Legacy open footage we have from uh, from our Twitch stream. Um, if you guys want to see it, it is up on Twitch. Um, so just you just have to poke around a little bit. Like I'm really kind of tired of telling people exactly where it is. Like if you just search for Leaving Legacy and look under videos, it's there. It's not hard to find. So just put a little work in. Be much appreciated. I think there's only two videos on that Twitch page saved. Uh, yeah, well, because it's been a while. So I haven't streamed in like a few months. So it like after like a couple weeks, it, it drops them. After like a month or two, it drops them off. Um, but yeah, so you can see it up there. Um, also, like I said, we'll be doing some uh, playmat auctions and uh, leaving legacy playmats as well. So just check the Facebook page. We might have a couple cards to auction off as well. And uh, and yeah, we'll be doing that with a dead format, adopting a couple families from the Boston area, and uh, hopefully giving them a um, a better Christmas. Yeah, I think uh, also we're gonna a bunch of people have been asking, so I want to relaunch the uh, sweatshirt drive because oh, a bunch of people saw how cool they were and decided that they actually wanted them. Now that they realized they weren't oh, a piece oh, of junk, I guess, I guess having a two week <laughs> open like window to order them wasn't long enough. Apparently, yeah. Well, that and also I don't know. Maybe people are just like, yeah. I mean, it's leaving a legacy, guys. It's probably a shit pile, but no, it's actually <laughs> we didn't make them ourselves. Go figure. So they're actually good quality. A bunch of people have been asking about them, so I'm gonna reopen the sweatshirt drive, and I will have the proceeds from that go to the uh adopt a family for the christmas uh charity drive awesome. can i suggest a new product uh, we, I, we, I i got a new product suggestion of buttons i don't know if buttons are something people want get at us a what a, a button like oh, a benjamin button. benjamin button you say button like joe button and button was, like a button <laughs> A, a, bu- a button. Okay. Well, someone pointed this out to me earlier today. How do you know the little wax colored things that you draw with as a kid? A crayon. Yeah, crayons. <laughs> is this like crazy am i talking crazy here like it's, crayons it's a crayon crayons <laughs> oh man okay um, <laughs> before we get too bogged down on this we have an awesome guest this week actually someone who we we've had in the works for i don't know like the better part of a month now we've just had so much going on uh in the interim we haven't got a chance to get him on but uh jerry you want to introduce our guest this week yeah, we got uh, the illustrious commentator, player, slinger of Eternal Cards, uh, Mike Noble. Welcome to the cast, man. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. And it's pronounced crowns. <laughs> oh, crowns. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, I'm with, pretty I sure believe he goes with by a hard Mikey K. Noble, Jerry. I think he goes by Mikey Noble now. <laughs> <laughs> Just... 
whatever gets my attention. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, so Mike, I kind of first got introduced to you. I don't know how long you've been doing coverage for for EW, but that was kind of the first chance I got a chance to kind of interact with you a little bit. Was um, you covering uh, a champs? Uh, you know, actually, just about a month ago, it seems like. Um, and uh, yeah, you had said you had you actually were familiar with the podcast, which. I'm always surprised when people say they've heard about the podcast. I literally feel like no one knows about it. And uh, when you're like, oh, yeah, I, I know Leaving Legacy. And I'm like, well, let's obviously let's have you on. You seem like a, like a great guy. So thanks for coming on, man. It's awesome to have you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I've been listening to you guys for at least a year and a half now. And all the content you put out, it's by far my favorite eternal podcast. <laughs> Oh. Well, thank you, thank you very Thanks. much. That, that where there are a few really great ones out there, and I, I really appreciate the kind words. Man. I'm just going to take this moment to say, "Suck it, Wilson." <laughs> well, Wilson's issue is that he needs to put out more episodes because I forget that it's in my feed, and all of a sudden a new episode will come. I'm like, oh right, I subscribed to this one. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the brainstorm show is probably my top podcast. But yeah, again, for sure, like you have to weigh in like frequency of episodes and quality of content. Even though we're pretty low on one scale, we're high. <laughs> Where's the the shotgun effect? If you if you shoot a shotgun at a dartboard, you're gonna get a couple bullseyes. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, So, Mike, can you tell us a little bit about your your background in Magic in general, and kind of like when you got into the game, and uh, and and you know how long you've been playing for, stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I was introduced to the game at a uh, Christmas party back in 1994, of all things. So, I played 93, 94 back when that's all that existed. Back um, when that was standard. You, you don't look like you're old enough to have been playing that long. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> you, you I'm like, 93! I'm like, oh, this guy's probably like 26, 27 years old. Oh, I'm in my early 30s. Okay, alright, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, the uh, I, have, I keep the youthful skin because I stay inside playing Magic for the past 24 years. <laughs> so. But the good thing is that you got your laptop on top of your bureau, so you have to stand when you're playing Magic, right? So you don't get that like that sedentary lifestyle thing. Yeah, yeah, you can't that's stop good, moving. There it is. There, that's the key, guys. That's the key. Yo, I looked into that. You know those uh, Pedalton uh, uh, bikes with the TV attached. I, I checked to see if I could hook up Magic Online to that because L- I would, like a I would totally bicycle. Get one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in order, to, in order, to, like pass your turn, you have to pedal a certain amount. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just solved, uh, I just solved uh, health issues yeah, in Magic. Yeah, but Jared, guys. you're playing sneaking show. That's not a whole lot of pedaling, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might get out of uh, breath true. if you try to stream doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mike, yeah, you were saying yeah. you started like way back in the day, ninety four. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, I started way back in the day. Um, I was introduced. I remember having a feral thaladin play at one point, and my opponent smashed my face with Leviathan from the dark, and that's about the only memory I had from that day. Um, <laughs> uh, beyond that, it was something that I just kind of played at summer camp. I really didn't know how to build mm-hmm. decks properly for the better part of a decade. And then a friend of mine, uh, 2011 champ, Mark Horning for Vintage, uh, introduced me to the fact that uh, tournaments were a thing. And then I attended my first, which was a Mirrodin Block Constructed Tournament (laughs) in July of 2004. Oh, man. That's actually right around when I attended my first tournaments, too. Yeah, those are uh, fun times. When the Mm pre-releases were in, like, giant convention halls. Yeah, those were the best. Uh, Green Matter conventions (laughs) in the Philadelphia area ran some great... Uh, regional pre-releases and they were some of my uh favorite things to go to on a quarterly basis yeah yeah man bring back huge pre-releases those things were a blast Absolutely. so were you like an effing were you like a grinder at like your local I, I don't even know what game stores looked like in the at this time frame so what was it like to like playing these events was it like you just play this one event and you don't have a a home store to play at what was that like exactly um, there was a there was a home store. It's it's long gone. Um, I think it was called NeoQuest. Could be. I mean, it's it's been a long time since it even existed. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we were just we were play. We I started out doing kind of uh, drafts, but it wasn't sanctioned. They pulled the rares aside as the prize, and it was real, oh, weird. real weird and casual. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember doing drafts like that. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, eventually I kind of learned about the bigger, kind of the bigger picture. Uh, we were lucky enough to have Grand Prix New Jersey uh, locally as like the first Grand Prix experience that I had in uh, 2004. And that was also uh, Meriden Block Constructed. I got to play uh, Counter Post Tooth and Nail. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we just 
kind of went with the uh, flow, uh, just kind of, I mean, you had extended, which was like my first real good finish. Um, I went seven and two at Grand Prix Boston in 2005 playing a Lauren, um, which mm. was, uh, yeah, probably one of my uh, favorite decks that have ever existed. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah. yeah, just kind of, I always loved the, uh, the older formats. Um, Vintage and Legacy seemed so, so far away. Back then, although it was 1.5 back mm-hmm. then, I don't know if it was even called mm-hmm. Vintage. I think it's just one and 1.5, and yep. yeah, just kind of started branching out because that was the stuff that uh, really interested me—the uh, old powerful cards instead of the newer stuff. Huh. Okay. And are you still playing a lot of Legacy current? A lot of Legacy currently? Um, I haven't had a chance to recently. They had the um, well, you had the banning of Gitaxian Pro, which really put a uh, really put a uh, like, it uh, made it a little difficult for me um, because I was a Belcher player. No. For, uh, oh, no. one, of the, uh, one of the things that I used to bring to my uh, local events was the same exact 75 of Belcher for the better part of six years. Wow. Uh, I would sprinkle in different decks from here and there, play, like, actual decks, like, Belcher <laughs> decks. And, <laughs> but uh, there was this uh, thing going around and became kind of infamous for it, for bringing a bag of uh, Haribo gummy bears to act as my golden tokens, because if you're going to play Belcher, you need to make your opponent less upset that you're playing Belcher, and feeding them gummy bears is the best way to do that. Nice, very nice. So, like, if they kill a, if they kill a goblin, do they get to eat a gummy bear? Is that what it is? That's exactly how it Perfect. works. Perfect. Is this this qualify as bribing your opponent? <laughs> well, I, I got away for, for got away with it for a long time. Hopefully yeah. not. <laughs> Help that I offered it to the judges between rounds as well. So, so what <laughs> what drew you to Belcher as a deck? With some for someone who's been playing for so long and has seen a lot of the format, why did you like Belcher so much? Uh, Belcher was just kind of a uh, it's it started as a bit of a joke. Um, <laughs> a buddy of mine just kind of I, I wasn't really into an event that was occurring locally. I think it was one of the Star City events, and my friend Ryan Glacken just. I was like, I'll lend you a deck, I'll lend you this Belcher deck. And, like, I had cards, but I, I just didn't know what to play. I'm like, yeah, I'll play your Belcher deck. And I ended up, uh, I think it was round eight, I was X and one playing on camera with this Belcher deck. And I had <laughs> brought these gummy bears with me and been using them as goblins the entire day. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care if this is not good. I'm having a lot of fun doing this. So I'm just going to keep doing this. Maybe... Like switch in and out every once in a while, but yeah, Belcher was Hell always yeah. like my main, my main go-to. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> so, do you still have to. your Belcher deck? Uh no. I um, I played it after the banning of Gitaxian mm-hmm. Probe. I played it at the um, the classic that they had mm-hmm. at uh, the Philadelphia Star City, and I replaced the Gitaxian Probes with Seething Songs. Made no other changes, mm-hmm. but. The deck just felt a lot worse hmm. uh, without Gitaxian Probe, and given that the the joke of playing the same seventy five was now dead, I just didn't have the heart to play it anymore. Gotcha, gotcha. So, did you put it on a little boat and like set it up to sea and <laughs> set it on fire? <laughs> yeah, so, sold most of the pieces to vendors. I still have the the Belchers, the lines. Are same thing, same thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I still have the Belchers. Uh, I actually got a fresh set of Belchers on my 30th birthday from a, a friend of mine, and everybody at that dinner uh, signed them. Oh, so nice. I have a play set of Belchers that mean a lot to me. And then I still have oh, the nice. Lion's Eyes and the Unlimited Taiga. Because nice. you need to be whiteboarders, you don't flip past it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you're saying we need to make Belcher great again is, is the plan. Oh, yeah. we gotta got to find a reason to sleeve up those Belchers again. Have you heard of mission briefing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, i have heard of mission briefing i heard it this morning listening to a prior episode in fact um awesome all right well so so one of the reasons why uh you know i got a chance to sort of interact with you for the first time is you were doing coverage for eternal weekend uh i guess yeah just about a month ago right yeah, yeah, it's about uh, yeah. Okay. Earlier this month, I'd say. Have you been doing yeah, Have you been month, doing yeah. coverage for a while? Because I, I can't say that I've seen you doing coverage before, but it could be one of those things where I flipped it on and, and never really made the connection or not. No, it's it's something fairly new for me. Um, I've done a whole bunch of different things in the background of events. I got my judge cert in uh, two thousand five. Um, I played vendor for events through uh, Card Titan for a long time, mm-hmm. um, but. 
the actual uh, commentary thing didn't happen until last year. Okay. Um, what happened was we had this uh, local event. You might have heard of it, uh, Eternal Stravaganza. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's a Philadelphia event. They haven't had one since. I don't know if it was my fault or not. <laughs> but, um, uh, they, I just kind of reached out to the organizer. I'm like, you know what? I know a lot about Magic. I've been here for a while, and I'm not a very good player. So uh, maybe I'd be better talking about it instead of playing in this event. And Whoa, you're like, blowing <laughs> you're blowing me and Pat's cover on how we do the Leaving the Legacy events now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, didn't, I forgot that it was a trade secret. Yeah. I apologize. You can never be in last place if you don't play the game, right? Exactly. <laughs> you can never scrub out if you don't actually enter the tournament. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but yeah, so. <laughs> Get used to it. Jerry's Stop on the call. Lying. He's going to cut you off a lot. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I did Eternal Stravaganza. I really enjoyed it. It was it was rough looking back on it. I feel like commentary has been easier since then. But I just kind of took that uh, event and showed it to the uh, to Nick Koss and Jules Palermo and the rest of the uh, Card Titan team. I'm like, hey. This is me doing coverage. I'm really good at coverage. You should let me do coverage for a tournament weekend. And they're like, lie and hope they believe you. <laughs> so uh, that's my strategy too. <laughs> so yeah, they uh, they let me do coverage for a tournament weekend last year. Um, it was the same crew that we had this year. It was me, uh, Mark Horning, and uh, Randy Bueller. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year was my first opportunity to meet Randy. Um, I've known Mark since he introduced me to tournament magic. Mm-hmm. So. Having him by my side made it very comfortable on the much bigger stage, and they invited me back this year. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you seem very comfortable behind the uh, behind the mic and whatnot. Um, can you tell me like a little bit about? Uh, so you had this desire to really do coverage. What kind of? What do you think drives you to want to do coverage? I think one of the my favorite parts about Magic is just how big of a piece of my life it's been for so long. Like I learned how to play when I was eight, mm-hmm. and that's that's like. 75% of my life yeah. has involved Magic the Gathering. And so for me, I want to be able to interact with Magic in the best way for me. And for Eternal Weekend, like a long slog of a tournament is just not something that I'm going to have as much fun at mm. as just talking about Magic and making the people at home uh, excited and understanding of what's going on. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It was it was great. Um, So – now, Jerry and I have done, we've done, let's see, two of the LAL Opens, right? Um, it's kind of like this little, I don't know if you know too much about it, but it's this little, um, one of our local shops, uh, gaming, et cetera, it's up in Acton, Mass., a little outside of Boston, uh, has a really happening legacy scene up there, and we kind of wanted to uh, sort of elevate the, like, she runs 1Ks and 2Ks pretty often, and we wanted to elevate them and get them on Twitch, and just just sort of like add the Leaving Legacy brand to the opens that she's doing, or the, the 1Ks that she's doing to bring in some more players, but also just to like have a chance to do some, make some more Legacy content. Um, so, we, you know, we kind of are very new to like the coverage game and it's just Jerry and I pretty much. We have Wilson uh, from the Brainstorm show actually comes up and does uh, the coverage with us, which is, which is awesome. Um, but for the mm-hmm. most part, it's just, it's just the three of us making this happen. I literally bring, the PC that I'm using right now and my monitors, I bring that with me to Acton um, and with, with my webcams and stuff. And we, we set it up all there. I'll usually have my green screen behind me, but uh, we'll bring that too. And um, so anyway, my, my question is like, you know, what kind of like, what kind of tricks do you have to make yourself to, to keep yourself really engaged throughout the day? Like I imagine like when you were in top eight, you were still very much into the games. You were very uh, animated. You were, you were talking a lot about the games and had insightful commentary. So what do you do to like, keep that focus throughout the day. Cause that's, those are a long couple of days for you. I'm sure. Yeah, it is very long. Um, for me, it's a lot of, uh, kind of the practices that a lot of people should practice being in the tournament as well. Uh, being well hydrated, being well fed, um, basically getting a good night's sleep. Uh, I definitely felt like I was lacking a little bit on Sunday because I went out Saturday and kind of enjoyed the town <laughs> a little bit. But like those other two days, I, Made sure to get a good night's rest. Um, it's really, if you take care of yourself, it helps you play well in the tournament. It helps you uh, be a good commentator. And you won't feel fatigued in the later rounds mm-hmm. if you're just just well-fed and well-hydrated. Yeah. Um, and so you said you haven't been playing Legacy a ton. 
How do you prep for like tournaments like this when you're talking about deck matchups and being kind of uh, updated on the latest lists? How do you how do you kind of parse that with not having the chance or the desire to play a whole lot right now? Well, for me, um, the Leave Me a Legacy podcast has a lot to do with that, to be honest. Um, oh, dear God, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I do the complete ins and outs of Sneak and Show. And uh, do what Arcane Artist That matchup is when covered. <laughs> I think I remember when Sneak and Show was on camera and uh, whoever was in for me was like, what is that card? I'm like, that's Arcane Artisan. Like, even when you do the time for me, I'm like... This is the matchup where Arcade Artisan comes in. Like, no, it doesn't. And then it showed up. I'm like, there it is. Nailed it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it really is. It's a it's a lot of different uh, avenues that um, I, I take. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least listen to you guys and a lot of other podcasts. I listen to, um, I, I watch a lot of uh, Twitch streams of various natures. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I enjoy uh, watching uh even standard and modern and all those other things. Just if somebody's a really good content creator, I like and can put on a good show format or not. Like I really take to heart what they're doing and just kind of like listen to how they talk about something and then try to translate that to something that I know more about. Um, and especially like for vintage, I, I play so much vintage uh, compared to legacy that that's just kind of something that I know the ins and outs of. But for legacy, it's very much like, find the legacy streamers and see what they're mm-hmm. doing. Like I'll, I'll watch like a Jarvis U stream or something like that. And just uh, study up. Yeah, basically. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I feel that's a whole subsection kind of developing in, in gamer culture, not just in magic, but everywhere is there are lots of people who might not necessarily want to participate directly with the game mm-hmm. of their choice, but that doesn't mean they're not still interested in it, not still wanting to consume content for it. Like I have a friend who like, doesn't even have League of Legends installed in his computer. Like, he's probably played it a handful of times, but he watches every single League of Legends stream because he just enjoys Is this the it. guy who gets up at, like, in the middle of the morning, like, in the early morning to watch it and then goes back to bed to go to work? Uh, I don't know if he's okay. that bad, but I mean, it's just like, I just find it hilarious that he doesn't play this game, but he loves watching it. And I feel it's not really any different from people who may have played like high school football mm-hmm. and, you know, they don't play it now. They're not in like a beer league football team, but they still enjoy watching the right, content. Right. Yeah, that's it. That's really interesting. Yeah, I think um, I remember the first time I found out that people watched people play Minecraft on YouTube, like would watch people's YouTube videos. <laughs> I, it was just, this was before I think it was even before I started playing. Ma- I got back into Magic. I couldn't. It like blew my mind. I'm like, why would someone want to watch someone else play a game? I just couldn't like wrap my head around that. But now that I'm back into a game, I can see where that comes from. Like it's very low stakes. Uh, it gives you a lot of opportunity to interact with the community and feel like you're a part of the game. But also like you don't have to do anything. It's it's the laziest kind of gaming you can get into, right? Yeah, you just sit and chat and critique what they're doing and yell at them for missing a line yeah. and all. And that. you can be a real, you can be bad, you can be totally wrong, and there are no consequences, right? Like, like I mean, you know, you see chat when you're when you're doing like a, like coverage. Like most of the time, oh, yeah. most people are like completely wrong. They're just like completely oh, yeah. wrong. They're they're Chad lethal is always 100 correct. <laughs> so it's just like it's like man that like talk about low stakes it doesn't get much lower than not participating at all and just griping <laughs> you've just you've solved the internet pat <laughs> um yeah all right very cool so well you've been playing legacy for a long time so uh, magic for a long time for that matter we got a chance to pick up some of your old decks do we want to talk about some of these jerry yeah i literally googled Mike, I just want you to know that this is the first result when you get Googled. I just want to bring that up. So this is your legacy. You know, 100 years from now, when you're nothing but a digital memory, this is what people remember you for. (laughs) Wow, man, that got dark. Sorry. Here we go. Uh, noble fish in a vintage tournament from January 18th, 2013. Uh, they labeled you tier three. How do you, how do you feel about that distinction? Uh, or tier? <laughs> I mean, I'm happy with three. I, I really labeled it four, um, four and a half, maybe, uh, especially, I mean, the, the next back then this is, this is vintage. So it, it's a completely different, uh, animal, but I mean, noble fish was always my baby. Um, I, <laughs> That was one of those decks where um, I I just got lucky and won a, a local event with it once, and just I became the Noble Fish guy. And being last name Noble, it yeah. really was like, yeah. 
hey, it's mine. How much, is that, how much does that play a role in you playing Noble Hierarch as a card in this deck? <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, Noble Hierarch. I have my Conflux set that I've had for since Conflux. Um, I mean, I definitely go like looking for Noble Hierarch decks when I play a format. Like now that Belcher is not really on my radar, like I'm looking. I'm like, yeah, maybe maybe I play Infect. There, there is that's for Noble Hierarch. There's a a Noble Rug deck that the Dead format is working on right now that Ian thinks has some legs. He actually played it at the Open to a a, a decent result. I think he ended up being. Four and three. He came in right? ninth. Oh no, I think he was. I think he was five and two. I, I saw him in top sixteen. Okay, I maybe he say. was five and two. Anyway, he thinks the deck has some legs, so maybe that's something you want to take a take a gander at. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Plus, then you just you you place with it and just claim that it's yours. Yeah, you it. it's noble, <laughs> noble rug because your name's noble. <laughs> Just mine. So yeah, let's Literally let's run down this, Jerry. No, now <laughs> yeah. now you have solved the internet, Jerry, because that's how things. <laughs> uh, good writers borrow, great writers steal. <laughs> uh, so, run down this list. So there is the four noble hierarch. There's also four main deck meddling mage. Gotta love that. Uh, four Quasali pride mage. Uh, four shardless agent. Four tarmogoyf and a trigon predator. Uh, one ancestral recall because it's vintage. Four four days, <laughs> shareless agent days deck. Here we go. <laughs> four force of will. One time walk, and then one black lotus. You had four Grafter's cage main. What was going on in vintage? Uh, dredge. Um, <laughs> dredge. Well, I mean, according to this this list here, the other tier three that was hanging out with me in, in Oath. Um, yes, uh, but yeah, it was, it was mostly a. Um, it was Oath and Dredge and a little bit of Snapcaster Mage. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, maybe these are worth main decking. <laughs> Full play set main. Here we go. Uh, and then rounding it off, one Mox Emerald, one Mox Pearl, and one Mox Sapphire, and four Stony Sapphire. <laughs> if I was your opponent, I would accuse you of pre-board. <laughs> <laughs> if I got matched up, like four Grafter's main, four Stony Silence main. <laughs> so uh, the funny thing about Stony Silence and, and Nullrod is that you do see a lot of uh, vintage decks, even today. Um, it's kind of back in, in vogue, where like having main deck uh, Stony Silence and Nullrod effects is actually um, preferable. Um, the deck that won uh, Asian Eternal Weekend and got top eight in uh, North American Eternal Weekend and vintage had three Stony Silence in the main deck. It was the, the survival deck, hmm. which... Note is also a four noble hierarchy <laughs> because you invented it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, yeah, tell tell us a bit about this deck. Was this something you played for a while? Was this just like a fun fun thing to try out? Um, so I right around when uh, Zendikar came out, um, my my friend Craig gave me this deck list. Um, back then, the list he gave me didn't have Misty Rainforest yet because Zendikar hadn't come out. So I'm like, yeah. I'll switch the uh, the Misty Rain or the uh, Flooded Strands and uh, Windswept Heats to Misty's, get that basic forest in there, and I basically played what he gave me. Um, this is not that list. This is much later, but um, I uh, won a uh, local vintage event with it, won myself a, uh, I forget if it was, I'm at a price split, so I think I took away the Library of Alexandria and a couple hundred dollars. Uh, the other guy got the Ancestral. Um, and... Yeah, it was just something that I played off and on. Um, I When Gataxian Probe came out, I was like, oh, cool, it's a sorcery for Tarmogoyf, and it lets me look at their hand for meddling mage. So I was using Gataxian Probe in like the most innocent way possible. <laughs> the um, way Richard Garfield intended it. Exactly. <laughs> so this list doesn't have that one. This was the... What, what ended up happening with this is I saw Charlotte's Agent come out, and I think this was actually the weekend that Charlotte's Agent became legal. And um, I'm just like, I think Shardless Asian is good in this deck because it's a threat that makes another threat. And yeah, it has synergy with uh, days, but we can we can look past that. That's no big deal. Um, funny enough, in the I ended up winning the event that I played it in. Um, one of the winning plays, and I think in the, it's in the quarterfinals, I cast my Shardless Asian and I cascaded and I hit the days. And this was the first time all day that I hit the days with the Shardless Asian. But I looked at my board, I'm like, oh, if I target my own Charlotte's agent with this daze, it puts two cards, an instant, <laughs> I think it was an instant and an artifact that wasn't in a graveyard, 
to pump my Tarmogoyf for the win. <laughs> <laughs> it ended up the biggest disenergy in the deck being the winning line in my games. Just blew your opponent's mind. <laughs> yeah, so this this amazing deck list got me a uh, got me a mox pearl <laughs> for, my, for my troubles and my my main deck hate cards. So yeah, it was something. I mean, to this day, people will reach out to me and be like, "Hey, is Noble Fish good anymore?" I'm like, uh, "It's not," because you get uh, Young Pyromancer was a real big uh, card to really take it and it because of the go wide of the tokens you're trying to attack with one big exalted creature it just became an issue deck always had issue with tinkering and the eventually blight steel and that was just way too much to deal with and the the formats moved on from that at this point um personally in vintage now i play the uh, the survival deck that i was mentioning because it has four noble hierarchs so i was immediately drawn to it but like it has it has a lot of that fishiness to it um except with a way of actually winning the game with uh survival into like triple bench fine or whatever basking while a hollow one if you are if you're familiar with the deck at all <laughs> mm-hmm. now i have to ask Sweet. a question do you still have all your power i do not have all my power um i got rid of it in uh 2013 when we had the first eternal weekend mm-hmm. um i was working for card titan at the time and i just kind of resigned myself to being like all right i understand that I will probably be working these events instead of playing in them, so I don't really need power anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a student debt anymore either, so that's nice. But uh, it was one of those things that I was kind of able to uh, uh, get rid of that with, with what the uh, power got me, which is a lot less than it's worth now. <laughs> um, not too much less, but yeah, I, I wish I still had my power, but at the same time, it's just kind of... I got rid of it then. It was for a good reason. It was for a good price, and I can still play proxy events, so I don't feel like there's a huge loss. Don't don't tell me these things because uh, that uh, that is the same position I find myself in, <laughs> where every time I log in to pay my monthly student loan debt, I look uh, <laughs> I look at my uh, my binder a little closer. <laughs> uh, I mean. You do you. <laughs> I, I know you. Listen, if you defoil your deck, you might be able to That's what I said. Now, is it bad that like my response is, maybe I could just sell everything except for Sneak and Show? <laughs> well, didn't you? I mean, I'm not against that. I, I, keep my, I keep my collection pretty slim. I, I think I only have about 200 cards right yeah. now. So. I was I was telling Pat, I just went through. So over the, the long weekend for the holiday... I went through a bunch of stuff and sold a bunch of like, just, I had a box of like good stuff where I'm always like, this will go in a deck one day. And it never does. <laughs> it never does. But it's just like a box of good stuff. And I just went through, listed them all on a buy list. And I realized I had $800 in just cardboard sitting under my bed that never did anything. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to ship this off and buy Christmas presents with it. Or more cards for yourself. Or more cards for myself. That was, I mean, it was eight hundred dollars cash or a thousand dollars store credit, so I could get another uh, FBB duel. And it's, it's, I mean, I would go for the that's four figures. Like the difference between three and four figures. Who needs presents when you can just? I give my uh, family. I would like to gather you together. I'm gifting you all a group gift. It is a German underground sea. Uh, I know it does not mean nearly as much to you, but I just want you to know that this is very. You know, it's very important. It's a very meaningful so, gift. So I know we're not we're not really a, a, a vintage podcast, but uh, after watching kind of uh, Eternal Weekend and seeing where that shook out, how do you feel about where vintage is, is right now? Um, I think vintage is in an all right place, which is something that a lot of people kind of are hesitant to say. Um, I know Rich Shea, uh, lover of invocations, uh, will say that the the gameplay right now is not that good but i i disagree um i think that uh paradoxical outcome is a clear like not best deck but it is something that you need to prepare for and we saw uh brian koval win the whole thing with that despite the uh the agonizing uh mm. game rules mm. violations um but it was I, I think that's really the the best deck and everything kind of uh has to play around it and the emergence of survival this year is probably the biggest beacon for that because you have this deck that all the pieces existed for it last year. Um, and 
now all of a sudden somebody figured out how to kind of connect them all together and it's just this lean green machine that can just get people out of nowhere and has shown that it's a real contender by winning Asian Eternal Weekend, top eighting North American Eternal Weekend. If you go on the Moto Qs, like half your matches are going to be it because there's this dedicated group of guys that are working on it constantly. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's amazing. Like that innovation existing in the format just gives me a lot of hope for the format being a lot less stagnant than people try to say mm -hmm. it is. But yeah, yeah. I, I like it. I think everything's just kind of represented. And um, I was actually listening to uh, one of the podcasts that I study, the uh, So Many Insane Plays podcast mm -hmm. by Steve Indian and Kevin Cron. And they were talking about how everything is, all the percentages make it look like the healthiest format in years. Mm. And I am inclined to agree. Interesting. Now, how much of that do you feel is the gentleman's agreement? <laughs> the, the gentleman's agreement to do what? Not play dredge? <laughs> well, the gentleman's agreement of, you know, legacy is like this to an extent, but I feel it's much more present in vintage where um, there's always been the saying of the so-called gentleman's agreement where people aren't necessarily just going to only play the most busted deck they possibly can. They're going to play what's most fun for them because at the end of the day, any real prizes you win pales in comparison to, you know, the price of your decks. You know, people aren't play playing for the paycheck is what I'm trying to say. So it's it's generally considered that you should play fun decks in the format compared to just everyone playing paradoxical outcome or everyone playing shops. Yeah, you do see that on the local level, um, especially when you have local sixteen man events or smaller things. Um, at the at Eternal Weekend, everybody just kind of brought out the big guns and it still kind of shook down where everything was at a reasonable level and paradoxical outcome wasn't as widely uh, as widely played as it could have been, um, but I, I think even even when the gentleman's agreement isn't there, it's still looking pretty good right now. And yeah, I feel it's more because uh, also you know I feel vintage, especially and definitely I think legacy is also moving in this area that um, we're really heading more towards the uh, kind of regional. Um, style of the of the meta where you know we're seeing fewer of these just big events that everyone from all over the country travels to and it's more focused on kind of smaller smaller events you know in your local area um is that kind of what you see the future of legacy and vintage or do you have a different idea of, the, of its future i think uh, vintage very much looks like that and you even have the local uh regional metagame of online having its own kind of yes. to it um Legacy, uh, with the Star City games especially, uh, not hosting Legacy as often as they used to, it really is starting to kind of regionalize a little bit. Uh, I can't speak to the online metagame because I don't know what that looks like right, right now, but um, I do think uh, you do see some regional nuances uh, kind of forming in local Legacy. And if, if that's the way it goes... Um, because of, I guess, the high cost. Uh, as long as it remains balanced, that's fine. You, you're always going to have your your FNM metagame where that one guy is bringing that really powerful deck, and it really doesn't matter uh, what format it is. It could be standard, or it could be whatever. You're always going to have the, the boogeyman guy at your local event, and things will kind of warp around him after he wins too many FNM promos, and suddenly, it's, yeah, suddenly <laughs> it's it's a completely different metagame, and I, I think that's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost like it's the natural progression of how a metagame should develop. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Sweet. What do we got next, Pat? Uh, yeah. So I don't really... I mean, it was a very slow news week for us. Uh, not a lot of... <laughs> like, I felt like all the tournaments kind of happened at the same time. Um, so we didn't have, like, a, a ton of deck lists to pour over. I guess there was a chat, like, a, a challenge that, this past week, but I don't even know what the... I, do challenges even have a top eight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have top eight. eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure. Not that I've been in that one ever. Asking plainly. <laughs> um, so, blue red. Hold on. Wait a second. Hold on. I need to see what this blue red wizards deck is. Oh, it's a beauty. Oh. <laughs> I have it. All, that was the first thing my eyes we went to. I'm like, oh boy. Yeah, we, we've been talking about this deck, man, but I don't see any wizards lightning, so it's not real. It's not real. <laughs> Oh, no, but there there are three risk factors. Oh, Jerry. Which I believe 
I believe that's what Ian gave away as his. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know what, Jerry? <laughs> Promo I might have the, to get some the... risk factors in Japanese so I can put this together, man. <laughs> I have everything else. Two at a red for an instant. Target opponent may have risk factor. Deal four damage to them. If that person doesn't, then draw. Th- it's a browbeat effect. It, oh, it's the browbeat with correct. jump start. Oh yeah, this card. Yeah, cool. it's very cool. Um, ooh. I can at this point I think it's possible to make it a burn deck entirely out of browbeat effects. <laughs> like <laughs> there there have been so many browbeat effects printed that I feel you can just put them all together and I mean eventually the opponent's going to make I a mean, bad decision. I mean four damage four damage is legit, right? That's that's not that's nothing to sneeze at. Three cards is also excellent. Uh, it's, four, it's listen, one four more. damage in this deck is a lot. You don't want to take four damage at it. Like that's you have to remember they're also running two price of progress. Uh they're actually not running any um Ooh, no, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Fire Blast. I might put a Fire Blast in here over, like, maybe a, a Preordain. Over maybe a Risk Factor? Mm, no, well... Because, <laughs> you know, you know, Fire Blast is also four damage. I just want to put that out. <laughs> that's true, but, yeah, but, but you never get to draw three cards off a of Fire Blast. Sometimes you draw three cards <laughs> off a Risk Factor. And you get to cast uh, Risk some, Factor sometime, twice. You only get to cast... Yeah, and sometimes your opponent disconnects. <laughs> So you only have to cast Fire Blast once, and it costs you two lands. Ooh, guys. I mean, the best thing I like about Risk Factor is it does have Jumpstart. Jumpstart, I feel, is a very powerful ability, and I feel like if it had just been pushed a little bit harder, we would be seeing it all over the place. I mean, how much harder do you want? Like, what do you want, five damage? No, I want, like, Brainstorm with with Jumpstart. (laughs) Yeah, Sorcery sorcery Speed, Brainstorm with Jumpstart. Hell yeah, give me that all day. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> Wait, yeah, Mike knows what I'm me, talking walk about. Walk me through this again. You want brainstorm sorcery speed with jumpstart? Yeah, yeah. So you could at least have some people argue that it's not as good as brainstorm. Have you seen this risk factor art? <laughs> uh, it's just kind of a color swirl. Like there's some art where I don't look closely at it, and it's just literally it's a color like a, swirl. It's and like then a, when I look, it's closely, like a goblin, it, and he's hooked up to a bunch of wires to his head, and he's contemplating pressing a giant red button. I don't understand what the wires to his head are supposed to be. Maybe yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's an experiment. Yeah, it's is it? So it's a goblin being. Oh, is he jump starting his brain? Is that what it is? Like, <laughs> oh, is that what is it? Like, either this experiment is going to kill him, or he's going to gain a bunch of knowledge. No, I think it's like a. Is it's it? like a. It's like a Pavlovian experiment. Uh, he pushes the red button. He either gets a treat or he gets electrocuted. No. That's that's that's. I feel, factor. but no, well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i don't know um anyway we're getting a little maybe a little too deep into the art here um uh yeah i mean so ian is it's a seven dollar card yeah, ian was with this card man i think i just have to get it in japanese now so i can put it in my blue red delver deck i'm still I, I don't think i've played that deck since the pro ban it's not because i haven't wanted to play it i just haven't had an opportunity to play it um all the yeah, all the events around us we have well we have yeah <laughs> well i just don't get a chance to do fnms very often so it's tough for me to it's tough for me to get out to them um but i would play this deck man i i am really interested in risk factor all right so i guess there's a like a, there's a, the rest of the challenge we can talk about um uh let's see the 6-0 decks were four color loam ad nauseum blue red wizards shout out to blue red wizards um grixis control miracles miracles and sneak and show let's see if they're running the correct tech they are not running four copies of Leyline in the sideboard, so they probably did not win. Yeah, because they, they want to win. The challenge because they want to win. They want to win. They top eight. Um, <laughs> is this the is this the Trinity Tell list you were talking about, Jerry? No, uh, I was I was looking at the deck just titled B to see what the hell that is. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me see. Uh, yeah, this is Trinity Tell. B looks like. Ugh. Oh, this is like the. Um, uh... B is the I don't know why they titled it B, but it's the right, Steel Overseer. Right. Yeah, what was it called? Yeah, Steel Stompy. Yeah, Steel Stompy. This is yeah, this Steel did Stompy, well in Steel... um, in a European uh, event like six months ago or whatever. Like one took an event down because I think we streamed this deck, Jerry, and we hated it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> I think we I think we went like yeah, one. It was not four good. It. it was not good. All right, so <laughs> four color alone running. Always. Yeah, this is. I believe that's Dan. Dan yeah, Lee. correct. Yeah, taking it home. I I've been really liking Fork of the Loam. I actually have it sleeved up, and uh, for Black Friday, Gaming Etc. was having a sale, so I actually went down with uh, my buddy Josh, and we uh, 
jammed a bunch of games and I spent way too much money on cardboard. <laughs> and uh but yeah, I, I had Agro Loam and it was Agro Loam versus Sneak and Show and Black Red Reanimator were the matchups and Agro Loam actually held its own, so I was pretty hmm, proud. Okay. Um anything interesting in this list, guys, that you see? Uh I mean we're seeing the one Assassin's Trophy, so he's running a three abrupt decay, one Assassin's Trophy mm-hmm. split. Um, that's pretty much what we expected when Assassin's Trophy got spoiled um, in that slot before was Vindicate. Um, and Assassin's Trophy is just, you know, that much cheaper. And even though it gives your opponent an extra land, you're not that worried about it. You're still probably staying ahead of them on the mana curve with, uh, you know, two over three is, is, a, is a deal, right? For sure. Two yeah, over three. Like, what? Vindicate is three is three mana, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Vindicate is one, one black, white, bl- yeah. uh, white, black. Um, other than that, this looks like a f- pretty much the stock list. Uh, yeah, actually, this is pretty much exactly <laughs> the list I was running. Oh, actually, kind of interesting is two bitter blossom in the sideboard. That's that's pretty spicy. Uh, that is that that's spicy to you? For aggro loam, okay. yeah, that's the first time I've seen anyone use bitter blossom in the hmm. sideboard for aggro loam. Uh, why do you think that's there? Is this just a hedge against merit uh, age? I mean, I think kind of the same reason that we're seeing the Grixis control list run it. It's just, you know, a hard to deal with threat that keeps pumping out creatures even after mm-hmm. board wipes. Um, makes a ton of blockers for things like Merit Lage. Um, Bitter Blossom, it's just a good card. I mean, I've always thought Bitter Blossom was really good and should see more play than it does. And I'm glad that it's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. picking up steam. I think more decks, you know, can really take advantage of Bitter Blossom, okay. especially in this sideboard slot for, you know, the more controlly, controlly mm-hmm. matchups. All right, Mike. Mike, any experience with uh with uh, little black fairies? Um, I mean, I played it in standard a uh, long, long time ago, but I <laughs> I can't say that I've uh, sleeved it up in uh, anything anything short of that. Um, I mean, it was banned for the longest time in modern. So, like two times I played modern. I think I don't think it was even legal. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right on point with that. I think that's exactly for uh, the same reason that Chris Delver runs it. It's just just churn out Merrillage blockers, you churn out threats against miracles, and they just kind of get overwhelmed. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, I misspoke. Not Grixis Control, but yeah, Grixis Delver. Um, other, we're seeing some more other Night of the Night of Autumn um, that's seeing play. I think everyone kind of called that, so um, that's cool that that's seeing. I feel uh, Guilds of Ravnica gave us a lot of cool toys, much like original Ravnica did. And uh, we're starting to see those kind of solidify into lists. Yeah, I've been pretty impressed with uh, what Guilds of Ravnica has done with Risk Factor and uh, Assassin's Trophy. And even, uh, like, not to steer it towards Vintage, but uh, even Vintage has been seeing some play with things like Goblin Crater Maker making oh, copy yeah. and uh, Niv-Mizzet Paran being an Oath target as well as just a Grixis control target. Mm. Yeah. Man, something about Ravnica just lines up legacy playable cards. <laughs> like every time there's a Ravnica block, I I know we're getting some goodies for legacy. Yeah, for sure. Uh I don't think any of them are going to come close to warping the format like Deathrite Shaman did though. Um <laughs> but we got we got two more sets. <laughs> yeah, we made it through Golgari this time without any <laughs> yeah. dominance or Golgari grave trolls or anything like that. So I think we're in the clear. Uh, I really wanted them to just troll us and print like Deathrite Shaman as a one one in 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 good, in Ravnica. A one one for two mana, like it should have been. Yeah, make it like a de- Deathrite uh, dr- Deathrite Druid. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, let's see. Anything? Lots of Grixis we're seeing. It seems like uh, Grixis is solidifying. As kind of the the best deck, I don't. I think that's as far as like most common best deck, I should say. But it's still not winning events. Um, do we? Is I feel like Grixis is that deck that's best against the rest of the fields, but then can't necessarily take out um, you know those specific decks in top mm-hmm. eight. I don't. I'm not making myself very clear of that at all. But <laughs> maybe you guys understand what um, I'm saying. <laughs> uh, can we, Can I just direct your attention down to some of the five one lists, Jerry? Uh, yeah, okay. Are we yeah, going to talk about mono, mono blue wizards? <laughs> oh, mono making, blue wizards? Making another, yeah. making another run at it? Your, your patron making wizard another deck? run. <laughs> Hell yes. I was actually, I just shared this uh, with someone in the Facebook group. Someone was asking about this. So that's awesome. It put up more, it has legs, Pat. It has I legs. So. I thought Master of Waves <laughs> was, a, was a three drop. I didn't realize it was, a, it was three and a blue to play. 
I was surprised. Yeah. I was not aware of that. Um, yeah, I was, I was actually once in a while I listen to the the podcast when it comes out. Like I ran out of podcasts to listen to this past week because I was working a lot, so I just listened to one of the like the last LAL. And uh, you talking about this deck, you were just you were loving this deck. So <laughs> I had to bring <laughs> <Yeah>. it up. Yeah, <laughs> this deck is sweet. I actually so what I was you know how I said I was I bulked out yep. a bunch of cards. I went through and I looked up I'm like oh four master of waves how much do these cost and they're like 30 cents buy list hell no i'm gonna wait until this deck pops off <laughs> did did not sell those no, to the buy no. list <laughs> uh, i think you'll be holding on to those for quite a while jerry <laughs> no. I'll, I'll sell when they're 30 30 dollar master of waves make it happen people <laughs> I mean, it didn't Theros standard. You might have missed that boat. <laughs> Just need a time machine. <laughs> I'm going to tell you those Master of Waves are probably purchased a lot closer to $30 than $0.30. Cents. Jeez. Um, let's see. What else was there? We see Bug Depths here. Not piloted by our friend Tom. Um, but this looks very similar to his list with the one of, with the one of Stifle and everything. So maybe he just borrowed Tom's list here. Uh, yeah, but it looks very similar. Step in the main. Yeah, very, very similar. Important running for Brainstorm, because of course you have to play Brainstorm and Legacy. Why wouldn't you do that? Um, yeah, nothing I didn't, Nothing else too exciting to talk about besides uh, our friend MZ Frost. Uh, six owing with Miracles, making it to the top eight as well. Uh, Topher, Topher was uh, one of our top eighters at the LAL Open, and the kid's a master with that deck. Cool, Jerry. Yeah, this is no. great back and forth we have yeah. going on here. I don't. What do you want me to say? No, no he's not. Well, he's not. I actually, great. got a chance to talk with Toe for a little while uh, during the uh, before the top eight. Rather, um, he he had bounced back and forth between a few decks until Miracles came back uh, in power with uh, power. Uh, rather, propped up by AK. Um, he seemed to really be really enjoying that enjoying that card and that deck. So, I think he's probably going to be back on Miracles for a while. He was he was trying everything though. He was trying like. Grixis control. I think he tried some stone blade decks and wasn't impressed by anything and uh came back to uh came back to came back to where he's made a lot of money, man. The kid the kid's cast a lot of terminus in his life. Is this where I am supposed to Or you know, or you? just say anything be like, Yeah, yeah, sounds good, man. Sounds good. <laughs> Jesus, Jerry. Is this what it's like for you every week trying to carry the show? It must be rough, huh? Yo, Mike, I have a question about coverage. How did you go the entire weekend without wanting to murder your co-host? <laughs> All right, so there's this thing called the three-man weave uh, where I got to step away from the camera and just kind of vent and just, like, tell all just the... Talk, uh, talk, talk shit behind your co-host's <laughs> back? Yeah, yeah same, man, same. Just like, oh, Mark dropped the doozy that he's going to have to apologize for and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I got to, I got to vent to the, the players every uh, third round, and that really helped me get through the weekend. Uh, it's, t- it's time to go back in the booth. I don't want to. <laughs> you can't make me. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll probably end up talking about this challenge next week when the uh, the top eight like results kind of shake themselves out and we find out what the lists were or you know what the final standings were. But seems like a seems like it's in a good place right now. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of Grixis uh, control, some Grixis Delver thrown in there, but we also see some fun decks like uh, blue red wizards, mono blue wizards, uh, <laughs> some, some good stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, I think health of the format, uh, as far as diversity, is great. Um, probably best it's been mm-hmm. in a long time. Um, really, it's just about kind yeah. of numbers. I, I, it's definitely time of year. You'll also notice uh, if you've been holding off on picking up any cards, especially like reserve list cards, um, this is the time of year to do it, people. Traditionally, every year we see this year after year, uh, prices drop around this time because people are you know, selling cards to slim down, uh, you know, slim down collections. New Year's resolution is to, you know, make make things a bit lighter. Also, put it, people just, you know, they need money for Christmas mm-hmm. gifts. Um, so, you know, right around this time, there's a big dump of cards. So if you have been thinking about picking anything up, now is definitely the time to do it. Um, I've dual land prices have been coming down. Um, you know, a lot of reserve list cards uh, have been coming down. I think it's uh, like dual lands are down like 20% over the last couple of weeks on wow. eBay prices. Um, so yeah, now is definitely the time to buy it. And if you've been thinking about selling, don't do it now. Hold off on a bit. Um, now's, now's definitely a good time for buyers, not sellers. Cool. 
Um, awesome. All right. Well, I guess we can uh, start doing scoops uh, and get out of here unless you guys have anything else you want to cover. I think that's all I got. What about you, Mike? Uh, yeah, that's all I can awesome. think of. All right. Well, um, let's see, Jerry. Who are you scooping in the top eight this week? Uh, I'm scooping in Magnus Carlson because uh, right before we started recording, he posted up all the way from Sweden. He got his Leaving a Legacy uh, hoodie yeah. to keep him warm those those harsh <laughs> Swedish winters. <laughs> <laughs> so rep, I hope you rep it on the slopes because I'm I'm sure Sweden is only I, ski I, slopes. At least I don't know what, if film wants to wear that's a, a Hollywood on a ski slope, but sure. <laughs> this might not spoken, be the warmest by someone who's clearly never been skiing before jerry <laughs> <laughs> well th- thanks for posting out magnus also hint for everyone else just tag us in something right before we start recording it's the key yes, to getting for a scoop. Sure. for sure <laughs> <laughs> um and uh how about poops jerry any poops this week uh man headlights man the headlight burned out on my car and you know what it's actually a great social indicator because when you have a headlight burned out there's two types of people in this world pat those who will tell you you have a burned out headlight and those who won't <laughs> and people who tell you are fucking annoying let me just say that i was driving home and literally every other car i was driving was flashing their high beams at me to tell me that my headlight was out i'm like yes i fucking get it i get it that my head headlight is out. you want to hear a funny story about headlights so uh i used to drive a 96 cherokee and uh, i love that truck it was a great truck i ended up putting like 260 something thousand miles on the truck but it always would have these weird things happen to it right like once in a while like uh you know one of the um one of like the uh, radiator hoses would come off in the middle of the day and I have to like find a clamp and like find a knife and jerry rig it so I could get home. Well one night I was leaving work this is when I used to work at Best Buy when I was still in college and uh it had one of those old pull switches for the headlights, right? So you would like pull this switch straight out and it would turn the headlights on. Um and I went to, I used to always just like kind of pull it really fast to, to turn them on and I went to turn it on and I pulled the fucking thing right out of the dashboard. <laughs> Like the whole the whole switch <laughs> headlights not on. Now this is ten o'clock at night, right? Just, like I'm and I'm thirty minutes from home because I'm I'm in Framingham. I have to drive back to Worcester. Like like twenty minutes. Do you know that's a terrible design? Why why would you design well, anyway, a car that so way? Pull it right out, and I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me! I have to drive the entire way home. So like it had the high beams, right? But you couldn't like just click them on because it was still the headlights were still in the off position. I had to hold my high beams on the whole way home, driving on the pike, getting like this was back before they like I had a fast pass. So I had to like get change and like give change while holding my high beams the whole way home, Jerry. It got to the point where I was so miserable toward the end of my drive, I just let it go and I'm like, you know what? If I fucking hit a pole, whatever, I don't care at this point. Like, Jesus, take the wheel. I'm just I'm just gonna fucking try to get home right now. Yo, let me tell you, that's terrible advice. If your car is spinning out of control, the last thing you want to do is throw your hands in the air and scream, Jesus, well, you know, take Jerry, the wheel. I mean, well, we're not going to make any comments on that. You know, ever- bitch, bitch, turn into it. Turn <laughs> that's into that's it. That's someone who doesn't know how to handle a fishtail, right? Like, they clearly didn't grow up in New England, but... Uh, yeah, so anyway, that's my that's my funny headlight story. I agree. It's uh, it's miserable. People suck. Um, all right, I'm going to scoop in. I have a few awesome people to scoop in. Uh, Audi Cow. And Jeff Feliciano, I hope I pronounced you guys' name right. Those are our two newest patrons. Thank you so much for joining the Patreon family. Um, you can uh, message us on Patreon, on Patre- Patreon or Facebook or Twitter uh, if you need the uh, the Discord chat um, uh, invite there. Uh, but thanks for joining us and uh, hop into Discord. It's always a good time in there. And poops, uh, poops, Jerry. I'm gonna poop on Baiju, who's one of your friends. For he, I, listen, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and he's advertising on every podcast I listen to, except Leaving a Legacy. We don't even charge for advertisers. You can do it for free. We don't charge. Just ask us. I'll run an ad for you. I can read copy. I can read ad copy. <laughs> Pat, are you are you hurt that you know it's just like it's nice yeah, to be asked? Ask are you hurt? Pat? It's like oh, you know, we don't really run ads, you know. But at least ask, you know, at least ask us. <laughs> Pat, you want him to ask so you can say no. I mean, I might it? say yes. It depends. It depends <laughs> how much freedom is he giving us with the copy? You know, like that's what I want to know. Do they let us work our magic in it, or do we have to just straight read it? Because a lot of times it's not very good. Like, I mean, not theirs is not very good. I mean, the bot. The 
the Boston Market lawsuit is still pending. From <laughs> the, what uh, I've been oh, told, by so. the way, someone keeps tagging. <laughs> they want us to stop I keep using their name. Boston Market stuff on Twitter, and I keep saying disparaging <laughs> things, but they're liking anyone who's replying to me. But they won't like my tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Boston Market yeah, is trolling. I, mean, I feel like someone. I feel like it's not even a real page. Like it's it's like someone like one of our listeners made that page and is trolling. Is trolling. <laughs> no, it's got the check mark. It's got the blue check mark. It's so definitely this Boston is a Market deep state thing. Then Jerry is what we're talking about here. <laughs> this was all the way to the top of Twitter, Jerry. They got people on the inside of Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Poops on poops on Baju. Just ask, man. <laughs> Also, please explain what your company does, because I actually still don't quite understand what you guys do. <laughs> uh, I'll tell okay. you when you're older. Uh, Mike, how about you, man? Who are you scooping in the top eight this week? All right, I have a few. Um, first of all, you guys for uh, inviting me on. I know that's a bit of a lame answer, but I appreciate you guys reaching out and uh, letting me talk about Hell me, yeah. basically. I talked about everyone else all during term weekend. It's nice to... Uh, Kind of gloomy yeah. about uh, how awesome I am, and I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> Hell yeah! There we go. We're we're actually just a commentator uh, support group now. <laughs> I mean, you're not too far away from me. I can make the meetings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There we go. The person in chat just kept typing QQ. <laughs> uh. Uh, I'd also like to uh, uh, scoop in uh, Jeff Foster. Um, he has been a big part of all three commentary gigs that I've done. He is the one-man show at Eternal Weekend. He was uh, filming everything, doing all the transitions, all the OBS stuff. He is a machine. He was doing things. I don't know how he had time to do all the things he was doing. Uh, without him, the uh, stream wouldn't have been the way that it was, awesome. really. Uh, so Sweet. huge scoop out to him. And uh, finally, uh, Jarvis Yu. Uh, he gave me a deck list in 2009. I bought a set of natural orders and, didn't, and saw Progenitus get printed. I didn't know what to do with it. And Jarvis just sent me a link to a deck list, and I ended up getting 17th at GP Chicago uh, Legacy event with Natural Order into Progenitus. It was a, a rock deck. And I, Jarvis is some, a guy that I talk to on a, on a weekly basis, and he's uh, one of my biggest ties to Legacy, and I, I wouldn't be here Hell yeah, good him. guy Jarvis. That's awesome, man. Have we had have we had him on the podcast before, Jerry? Yeah, we had him on okay, last yeah, year. No, I think it was just uh, you and... Oh, you weren't on, though. Yeah, it was yeah, just I me and Jarvis. I titled it Me and You. That's what it was. Yeah. Yep. I, that was one of my more clever titles, actually. <laughs> That's very punny, if you get my drift. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> All right. And uh, any any poops for you, Mike? Um, I can't get through a podcast without pooping on the uh, the worst card ever, uh, Mental Misstep. Um, <laughs> Mental Misstep ruined Legacy for me for about six months. I had built this beautiful uh, lands deck back before it ran Dark Depths combo, and I was so proud of it. And then they printed this stupid one mana instant, and I I sold the deck. I'm like this this deck is not playable anymore. I cannot own it. I had the tabernacles. I had everything. And I'm like, nope, metal misstep. I can't play this. And to this day, it's still a scourge of uh, vintage. Um, I won't say if it should go there. Uh, it kind of does a thing there. But it, it probably was the low point for legacy for me when that thing existed. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah, preach. <laughs> um, I I remember I bought a playset of mental missteps at the height of their price the day before they were banned because I was young and impressionable and didn't realize that you should check banned and restricted updates before you buy cards. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I was so happy when I disappeared. <laughs> Best announcement ever. Um, additionally, I like to uh, poop on Facebook. Um, I decided to get rid of it in July and decided to like, oh, that was dumb. So I signed up for it uh, about a week ago and made all sorts of friends like I went and connected with uh, Wilson Hunter and Cyrus. And then they decided to have me prove that I wasn't impersonating myself. So it's been about a week Jeez. that I haven't had it <laughs> to talk oh, to God. these people. Damn. So if you're trying to get in contact with me, that would be the worst avenue. So. <laughs> oh man, that oh. sucks. Um, yeah. I feel the same. Like all my high school friends and stuff, they're like, yeah, Facebook sucks. We all deleted our Facebook accounts. And I'm like, 
Yeah, I can agree with that, except for Facebook is basically just how I organize my magic yeah, life at this yeah. point. Like, I only interact with magic people on, on Facebook yeah. these days. Yeah, I, like, post some pictures of my kids, but for the most part, it's just for the Leaving Legacy page. That's all I really use it for now. Like, I I looked, I wanted to see if I could set the Leaving Legacy page as just my homepage <laughs> for Facebook instead of, like, my profile page. Oh, great. Awesome. All right, well, um, uh, so you stream a little bit on Twitch, right, Mike? Yeah, it's been a while since I have. Uh, I started a new job, and it took all my mental energy to learn all that stuff, but I'm kind of getting the swing of things, and I'm looking to uh, stream definitely vintage, maybe legacy, maybe something else. Uh, something Hell yeah. Soon. Well, if you if you do start streaming, uh, feel free to, when you when you get your Facebook unlocked, I suppose, if you decide to keep it, uh, <laughs> you know, don't ever hesitate to drop a link in the, uh, in the Facebook group chat, uh, or the Facebook group page, rather, because uh, that always gets people's attention, for sure. Awesome, Absolutely. Man. Yeah. So, so you can find me, uh, even when I'm not streaming, you can find me at uh, twitch.tv slash Hierarch Noble. Uh, it's like Noble Hierarch, except reversed in all one word. Uh, Clever. And uh, yeah, usually I'm just, I mean, before this uh, recording started, I was trolling around in Jarvis's <laughs> chat asking him if he should be a sleeper. So, and, uh, I'm always around. And are you on, uh, you on uh, twi- uh, Twitter as well? No, uh, Twitch is all I do right okay, now. Cool. Awesome. All right, great. That's for the best. <laughs> yeah, probably. For the best. <laughs> someone was like, oh, you should make a Leaving a Legacy Twitter page. Like someone today said, you should make a Leaving a Legacy Twitter page so it's easier to tag you and stuff. I'm like, I don't want any of that stuff. I don't want any of the things you just – all those things you just mentioned in that tweet, I don't want anything to do with any of those. I don't want another page. I don't want to get tagged and stuff. I don't want to make it easier to tag me and stuff. No. No thanks. Hell no. <laughs> Pat's just terrified that we started Leaving a Legacy uh, podcast page on Twitter and then Boston Market's our first <laughs> follower. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Mike, thank you again for coming on, man. It was awesome to have you. Uh, you are obviously always welcome back on. It was uh, it was great to talk to you, and we appreciate the advice on, uh, on, on you know, uh, basically doing coverage ourselves, and, uh, and we wish you the best, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me, both of you, and uh, yeah, I look forward to talking to you guys Hell again yeah. soon. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, don't Hell forget to yeah. like, follow, subscribe, all the stuff that we do. Uh, you can find Jerry at JME3RD. You can find me at Pat Uglow on Twitter. The stream is twitch.tv slash Leaving a Legacy. Find us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. You find us on Hipsters. Join the Facebook group. You can e- email us uh, dickpicksdeckpicks to Leaving a Legacy at hipstersatthecoast.com. And, of course, thanks to uh, Justin Lutz. He's our audio tech, our sound engineer. And uh, he makes sure that Jerry sounds somewhat reasonable week after week. And he tries to edit out as many bong rips as he possibly can. <laughs> he can't get them all, but he gets most of them. <laughs> I'm boiling pasta, Pat. <laughs> right. Yes, of course. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks again, man. We, thanks, re- we really appreciate it. Yeah, we'll catch you all next week. Come on down to